Welcome to the 420 edition of the PFF forecast. A happy you, fitting of, of the day. Yes, I look like I smoke weed today. Also, my eyes are super dry because I need new contacts. Um, so I don't know if they look a little red. Okay. I didn't, I didn't uh, take part today, unfortunately. Did you? No. Oh. no. I did uh, talk to someone today that um, said that they extol the virtues of CBD oil as a like, way to improve recovery after working out. Interesting. So that had me thinking. The gas station next to my house when I lived in Madeira would let you pump CBD oil. Would sell cans of CBD like soda. Like well, it oh, wasn't even soda. It was like CBD seltzer, mm -hmm. and and it like would put me to bed like immediately. It was amazing. Um, and when I moved to Lebanon, I one of like I did. I, I did an eye appointment right close to where I used to live. And then I was like, oh, maybe some of that CBD uh, seltzer is still there. So I went. And this is like kind of a, a, a kind of it's like a, a gas station shitty enough where they like it's like 50 cents more expensive than every other place. So like there's only the only reason you go over there is to get the kids like some candy or something uh, when you're trying to watch football. And it was gone. And I am like, no more. They must CBD have been seltzer. illegally selling CBD. Or maybe they're just out. Maybe, uh, maybe they're really out. Maybe it. if I go back, I don't know. Um, Anyways, we'll try you know. to uh, we'll try to keep ourselves uh, in check here in this podcast. We're going to talk Debo Samuel. We're going to do that for most of the podcast because that's uh, obviously a big story, and there's a lot of cool conversations to have there about the implications of the salary cap, about how to value a guy like Debo, who you know uh, the word on the street is that he doesn't want to be valued as this hybrid, right? He wants to play receiver. So we'll talk about that, and then we're going to talk draft props with. Uh, the prop king himself, the mayor of Antigua. Let's rock. All right. Um, by the way, uh, new draft guide is out and you can get it for 50% off with the promo code draft 50, 50% off a PFF elite subscription. This is an incredible deal. It's like eight bucks a month mm -hmm. and you get all of the great draft um, stuff. By the way, you also will get access to our one of a kind draft tracker experience um, where you'll get all the picks before they happen. You'll get all the analysis, the draft grades, and you'll be able to watch the draft show right along with it. Rumor has it that you'll be on. I don't know if you'll be wearing the same uh, black hoodie that you have right now. I don't know. Do we have Do we have a clothes sponsor for uh, this yeah. one? Look, uh, uh, be, beyond my pay grade now. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Well, I got to get a haircut. So you got to shave my out. beard. I yeah. Heaven only time. knows if you have to dress yourself. I don't know what's going to happen. I, well, that's it. Like um, last year, I wore that jacket because one of the shirts fit incorrectly, and mm, like so. Yes, that's that's one way to put it. That's one way to put it. Yes. Um, uh, but go get yourself a PFF subscription. And if, with an elite subscription with for 50% off, you will also get every single um, P thing that PFF has to offer. And that includes all of the betting tools, player props tool, betting dashboards, best bets tool, all that stuff is yours. So go make it happen. Promo code is draft50. All right. I guess this all started with um, both uh, the trio of Debo Samuel Terry McLaurin and AJ Brown all kind of opting out of the voluntary workouts saying that they wanted new deals. And um, the Debo one has been really weird because 
there's kind of been information that has come out from his brother and then his brother said, oh, I'm just kidding. And then today it breaks, I think it was Pelissaro or no, um, sorry, Jeff Darlington, who said he talked to Debo Samuel and he has asked the, the 49ers for a trade. Uh, going along the timeline here, he uh, then per Tom Pelissaro, um, Debo Samuel wants to be a true wide receiver, not a running back wide receiver hybrid, obviously something that we saw a lot last year and then very very recently um i think this was within the last um maybe hour or so uh debo himself tweeted reporters jobs is to make stories only people know the truth about the situation is 49ers tory dandy and debo samuel prayer hands debo by the way liked the tweet liked the jeff darlington tweet that said mm-hmm. he wanted to be traded yeah. he also liked another He's liked some tweets that have like included him in the Dallas Cowboys uniform. Like Debo Samuel wants to be traded. Like there's no, there's no, there's absolutely no disagree. Uh, I still don't doubt that the only people that know the actual truth are uh, yeah. him, the 49ers, and his agent. But yeah, to your point, I don't think that gets rid of the fact that he probably wants to be traded. Yeah. Okay. So, so where, do you, where do you want to start with this? Do you want to start with like maybe what he what he is worth? Yeah, I mean, our war model doesn't like him as much, and I think part of the reason is, and I think that this is where people, you know, with with run with runners, um, you know, are going to. So here, so here's a few reasons why war might not like him. And last year we had him worth about 0.24 war, um, which you know you do the 50 million dollars per war, that's 21 million dollars. So that that's kind of in the realm of possibility mm-hmm. as far as um, you know, what he could end up uh, garnering in a, in a long-term deal. And actually, that's higher than what I thought he was worth. Mm-hmm. Um, b- but there's a couple of reasons why his, his wins above replacement could be suppressed. Um, he had, last season, 12 drops. Um, and, you know, nine of them were in the sort of time frame where he was playing the real wide receiver position, right? So uh, I tend to look at this, um, you know, so weeks one through, you know, he missed week 13 or they had a bye week 13. I can remember. Um, but they sort of basically through the Cincinnati game, mm-hmm. you know, he was, you know, his average depth of target in those games was, um, you know, 8.3, And then in there, he had three consecutive games with one catch. Mm-hmm. And his average depth of target in those games was 15, 15, and 18. After that, he had only one game with an average depth of target of over 10. And in fact, in the three playoff games that the, that the Niners played, his average depth of targets were 2.0, 1.0, and 2.4. So to call him just like the wide back, I think is a little bit disingenuous. However... To say that that's where he's sort of deployed best, mm-hmm. you know, to, is not. I think right. Like I think, he, I think that that you are right to 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 have some doubts about whether or not he is in that Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, um, you know, Stephon Diggs class of wide receivers. If he did not add anything on the ground. I yeah. think that that is a reasonable take because in those in those games I talked about with the high average depth of targets or relatively high, you know, you had uh, drops, you had five drops in the first five games of the year. Actually, it's eight drops in the first seven games of the year. Mm-hmm. So like 
there were issues with him being the number one wideout as far as as far as drops are concerned, and that's going to reduce your war because you don't want to play with a drop. The offensive line protects. The quarterback makes the right read. So that's a positive play, and you turn it into a not only an incompletion negative, but mm-hmm. you also negate all the positives that come from the offense producing um, uh, a, a completed play. So this is tough. This is tough. And, and I think the last part of it, and I, I said this today, and there was a lot of people I think that misunderstood this. He's never he's he's never going to be more valuable, I think, to his next team than he is to the 49ers. Yeah. I don't think. That's that's where I that's that's going to be my question. So, how much of Debo Samuel's uniqueness as a player is a product of a really creative offensive scheme, and how much of it is you know that Debo Samuel is a generational talent, for lack of a better term? Now, let's be clear. When he did touch the ball as a runner, the guy was absolutely electric. Mm-hmm. He forced 29 missed tackles on 88 attempts. So about a third of the time that he touched the ball, he was forcing at least one person to miss. He averaged 4.1 yards after contact per attempt, which is, I don't have the exact rank in front of me, but that's well above the league average. And this is the question that I have for you. How much of that is the fact that he is a legitimate a legitimate threat as a wide receiver? Now, is he Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill? I think we can agree, no. But when you put a legit, it's not the same as putting, um, what's a good example? Of this? Like Le'Veon Bell wanted to have wide receiver two right. money when he was coming out right. of, of, as a free agent. It's, it's not the same as putting um, a running back out at wide receiver and going like, oh yeah, he's versatile so I can then like move mm-hmm. him in. It's not the same. Because when you put Debo Samuel out there as a wide receiver, it's a legit threat. Mm-hmm. And so then when you move him in and put him at running back or you start him out at running back, they know he can move out to wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, So how much of that do you put on you know, that versatility being at the wide receiver position as kind of value above what you would normally get with, a, with just a person that you're lighting up the wide receiver? Yeah, I guess the, the question becomes like, do you start the conversation at like, Christian McCaffrey, 16 million APY, and then add to that the legitimacy of his wide receiver play. I don't think that that gets you to the mid-20s APY, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you start with his ability as a wide receiver and then add to that the running? The problem is, I think his ability as a wide receiver probably puts him in the low 20s. And then you tack on to that, I think, the risk of the running back, right? Like, mm-hmm. th- so... I, I believe that the running game, and I and I think you can go ahead and test this, the running game for the 49ers, right? It, it does not elicit high box counts. It, we, we, t- we talked about that mm-hmm. um, in the um, uh, when they were doing their playoff run. It elicits fewer disguise coverages. Mm-hmm. All of that is true before Debo Samuel. All of that will be true after Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. The Niners running game, the Niners, the Niners uh, scheme it makes it so that most players can have success running the football. And I think obviously Debo Samuel adds to that, but I don't necessarily say, okay, if you take him and put him on the Steelers, let's say, or the Vikings or the the Detroit lions, is he just a regular running back on those teams? If that's the case, 
then I don't even know if that adds to his value as a wide receiver. In fact, I think it might detract from it for two reasons. One reason is obviously the injuries, and Debo Samuel has not stayed healthy for a significant fraction of his Niners career. And having having a weapon like that means you might try to deploy those things more. And I would rather you throw the ball to Debo Samuel in a traditional set than run with him. The only reason it worked for San Francisco, and I think about that third down in the divisional round against the Packers, mm-hmm. um, most is because Jimmy Garoppolo sucked and he was hurt, right? So like they deployed him that way because that was their best offensive strategy. If you were building an offense from scratch, there's no way you'd hand the ball to Debo Samuel mm-hmm. when you could throw it to him. And so I think his value as a running back is probably overblown to every team but San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, the only one, honestly, is Green Bay. And they – I mean, I, I love how people immediately were like, he's going to Green Bay. I was like, I'm sorry? Green uh, Bay. I, I don't think he's going to Green Bay. Um, the Packers have $8 million in effective cap space now. You know, everybody will say you can sign him to an extension and then, you know, the, it'll prorate f- future years. Denzel Ward just signed a $20 million APY deal. Jair Alexander is probably better than Denzel Ward and not that much different in terms of draft capital. He's going to get that deal or better. That's what the Packers have to deal with. They also, um, the Packers next season have only 20, sorry, yeah, 29 players under contract and just $37 million in effective cap space. Mm-hmm. So if you if you take on Jair and you take on Debo in 2023, like, you're eating in like how much, what percentage of that 80, like 75, 80% of that money. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's only Rogers second year of a four year deal where you're going to, you promised to sort of build around him for yeah. four years. I, I don't see the Packers thing. And the other thing with the Packers is why would you engineer play? Like, so you only have a finite amount of time, mm-hmm. right? You only have so much install. You've, you've, I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers' contract. It is a mountain. Why would you invest that much in Rodgers and then turn around and invest that much time in building an offense that Jimmy Garoppolo could run? Right. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. So if he goes to Green Bay, I don't think he's doing the running back stuff. In fact, and they also paid their running back money last year. Like, I don't think he's doing the running back stuff. I think he's doing the traditional wide receiver stuff, which again, and people misinterpret this. You and I aren't saying that he has no value to the next team. We're saying that he has the most value to San Francisco. Yeah. And for another team to trade draft capital and then the contract for him, they're going to be expecting what he produces at San Fran. Which is not going to happen. Which is rough. It, 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 I don't, you know, I don't never, never say never, but it's going to be a tough one for them. I, I do agree 100%. And that's, I think, the tricky thing with finding a trade partner is I don't know how many teams believe that they can make the most out of Debo Samuel, but I will say this. I'm going to name I'm going to give you two players, okay? One of them is Debo Samuel and the other I want you to guess. This is over the last 3 seasons. They both have a yard per route run of 2.39, which is top 5 mm-hmm. at the position. They both have um uh what's the next uh data point I was looking at? Um they have uh both have over 900 receiving yards after contact. Um, they both have over 60 missed tackles forced as a receiver. They both have average depths of target under eight and a half yards. One of them 
is Debo Samuel. The other one is Cooper Cup. Yeah. Now, the difference is that Cooper Cup has nearly twice as many targets. Yeah. So my, you know, the interesting thing here is, um, you know, on a per route run basis, and now this is skewed a little bit, the Niners probably run fewer routes, but the Rams, remember, do run plenty of, you know, heavier personnel. So mm -hmm. I don't think it's that, you know, that drastically different. So I guess my question here is like, if you gave Debo Samuel more volume as a receiver, you know, do, do you think like, because he's a yards after the catch guy, 9.8 yards after the catch per reception. That's almost twice as many as Cooper Cup, who's one of the better yards after catch guys in, in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, if you think about it, like on a per reception basis, like this guy is super freaking efficient. So is the problem just that they, he wasn't getting the ball enough as a receiver? Yeah, last year, Cup, 33% of his snaps out wide, 66 in the slot. Samuel, 29% in the slot, 65% out wide. And then you have the other stuff. Um, it's a different beast. You know, efficiency tends to go down with volume. Right. So there, there's that aspect of it. What about with, with a quarterback other than Jimmy G? Yeah, I, well, like, so the, the the team that immediately comes to my mind as far as like you need to elevate a quarterback's play quickly and um, and there's some familiarity with similar systems is the Jets mm -hmm. because you know Zach Wilson right now I think you know the the our priors are significantly reduced on him um, they don't have wide receiver play and like the problem is again like Zach Wilson just has not hit the checkdown you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, Cup, Cup, by the way, you know, 200, 230 targets, nine drops. Debo Samuel, 128 targets, 12 drops. Like, I, look, Samuel's amazing. And the big play, and so the question, one question I have with Samuel is, you know, a significant fraction of his yardage came on big plays. Mm -hmm. So, like, you think about the Bears, he had that 80 yard touchdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the Niners game, he had a big play as well. If you don't have the big plays, because like, you look at his yardage total, it's gaudy. 1559 if you include playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, I mean, he, he has only 20 fewer explosive plays over the last three seasons than Cooper Cup, and he has half the targets. Yeah. Like, but but again, I think part of that, I mean, we we talk about the Niners offense, both in the pass game and the run game, is not very efficient average-wise, but very big play heavy. Right. I like I said, I look, I think that so, I think the problem is gonna be is the price for a acquiring team ever going to be right, especially this late in the process, where you only have 12 teams in the NFL that have effective cap space over $10 million? Yeah, so let's talk about this then. Okay, so what what is the fair value for him? If you were the GM of the 49ers, or you're Parag, who's the, their contract GM, basically, what what is the number? Let's just do an APY number. And, and while you're thinking about it, let me read you currently receivers and APY. Now, there's obviously years and total guaranteed and all this stuff. But Tyreek Hill, 30 million APY. Devontae Adams, 28. DeAndre Hopkins, 27.2. Stephon Diggs, 24. DJ Moore, 20 and change. Keenan Allen, 20 and change. Mike Williams, Mari Cooper, and Chris Godwin at 20. And Christian each. Kirk is in that group as well, right? Like Christian that's, Kirk has 18. That 18. sort of screwed the whole thing up for everybody. You're not paying him less than 18. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so like I said, I think 
last year. So he's average because he has injuries and stuff. 0.25 WAR per year. So if you do if you do that, I mean that that's more like 12 and a half million. That's way too low. If you take last year's. Um, he was eighth among wide receivers in war at 0.42. That makes more sense. Now, 0.42. Are you paying him off of last year, by the way? That's what that's the question. I Cause, think because you look at like Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, like, you know, and we're not they haven't demanded a trade, but I'm, I'm offering. I love Debo. I love Debo. I'm offering more for Terry McLaurin and then probably slightly less, but more still than Debo for AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like any of those players, but like. You know, like let's be clear there. Yeah, that's a great. So I would I would put the fair market value at twenty, um, and I think that that's you know, so you know he's saying it's not about money. I'm I'm probably it's probably a collection of things when what somebody's unhappy. Like I think that there's there's an issue. Like I think I've well, heard rumors that it's Shanahan. Um, oh, don't you dare! Is this more Shanahan slander? Don't you come at me I with that. I call it Shanna slander. Don't you come but at me with that. I, you know, I think it's a little bit of Shanahan. I think it's a little bit of, you a know, there, there's aspects. Slander. There's aspects. And let me get human with it. Everybody yeah. says that we're just a bunch of robots here. But, like, I think that there's a, a little bit of an issue when you run somebody into the ground and it's time for a contract mm-hmm. and your first offer is an insulting one. Like, yeah. that, to me, like, and again, I'm just, I'm taking things that I know and guessing. Yeah. That that would be off pitting. If you if you put like let's say you like Joe Tooney, let's say Joe Tooney plays guard. If if somebody got hurt for the Chiefs and he had to play eight games to tackle, mm-hmm. you know we actually saw it with Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown was a right tackle for the Ravens. Uh, Ronnie Stanley gets hurt. He goes and plays left tackle. Left plays tackle. admirable football. And there's this whole like, well, I need to be rewarded for doing this thing yeah. that was way above my pay grade. I think with Samuel, you think about it and say, okay, I was a great wide receiver for 10 weeks or so. Um, you know, it, it, great. Very good. Very good. And then I played running back and I was the most important player on the team for four or five, six games. And then you give me a low ball offer. Yeah. And, and again, I think part of the context too is, is these things are muddy too. Like, did they offer him the contract before the Christian Kirk deal? Because, you know, back before the Christian Kirk deal, everybody was talking about, Tyreek Hill is a $21 million player. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, it gets – it gets, and then, so, you know, it, it, some of these things aren't rational either. Like, he might have gotten off – let's say he was offered 18, let's say, um, which I feel like, depending upon how things have changed, could have been a reasonable offer. He gets offered 18, and then two months of shit uh, transpires, and Tyreek's making, you know, depending 30. upon how you see it, 30. Yeah. Devontae's making 28, and you're thinking, you think I'm 10 million less? When reality reality's changed since yeah. then. So I think it's a confluence of things. Well, and, and don't forget, you mentioned the, the things that he did in the playoffs. Remember, he got hurt. I, I want to say it was on a run play, if yeah. I remember correctly. Co- you know, continues to play in those games. Jimmy G is playing with uh, his left yeah. arm. Like, Debo Sam- to say Debo Samuel put the team on his back is not an understatement. There, there's, also the, there's also, like, if you look at the San Francisco 49ers, and again, I'm, I'm trying to be as fair as I can. But if you look at the Niners, well, you, you think of Kyle how they treated the, the how they treated Jimmy G. Like you, you can say they treated Jimmy G fine. He's not mm-hmm. that great of a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Whatever. But it, people in that locker room like Jimmy G, and Jimmy G took him to the Super Bowl once. He took them to the, yeah. he took them to the NFC Championship game while being hurt. He did not play well, but people respect a quarterback who kind of commands the locker room, mm-hmm. plays when hurt, all this kind of stuff. And, 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 moan, yeah. and through all this, right, all they did was trade a shit ton of picks. 
to to tra- take his replacement, and then didn't have the decency to take it, to trade him to another team where he could have more success. Yeah. Like I think trying to understand this from a player's perspective, there's a lot of reasonable evidence to suggest that Debo Samuel could be unhappy with some of this stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think the number, I mean, the number that I had in my head was the 20. He's not as good as a receiver as Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, you know, DJ Moore. He makes up for that with his versatility. The interesting thing, and this is what I'll point out, if I'm the Niners, he is worth more to me. I think on the open market, that's the value. If I'm the Niners, I'm willing to go a little bit higher. And here's why. And this will dovetail into my bigger point. What do you have a quarterback? Yeah. I mean, you're trying to figure out who you have a quarterback. Yeah, but you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Yeah. You're telling me you can't structure a contract that takes advantage of his rookie deal for a guy like Debo Samuel? Figure it out. Yeah. Well, and the other part is, is you like this is this is why shit really has to go sideways to trade a player. Yes. But you don't have to give up draft picks. So when the when the Dolphins traded for Tyreek Hill, they gave up five players and the contract. When the Raiders traded for Devontae Adams, they gave up, I can't remember that number, like three picks and the contract. Mm-hmm. To, to, for the Niners to, and, and I think this is like the big thing now, right? Where you're starting to get player empowerment and it's great. And, and like, you know, we again oh, say, you're a pro player. We know. again say on this podcast, <laughs> you know, if you want to zoom in, we again Dolan say on, wants to zoom in. we again say on this podcast, we, we will not pretend that the salary cap doesn't exist. That doesn't mean, that we don't want to see players paid. We just also know that that rule exists and we're trying to live within that reality. The the thing that's going to happen now in the NFL is teams are going to have to compete. And, and this is happening and this is why every single college football coach has his underwear in knots. It's, you're, you have to compete for your own players. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, and, and this made Minnesota Twitter really pissed off. Justin Jefferson, if they don't, lay down for him for the, like this year and throw him the ball 250 times, he's out too, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you think he wants to play with Kirk Cousins another year? Like, all these things, you have to do, like, these teams, I don't think, are ready for their star play. Like, they're your stars. you got to do what t- it takes to make them happy. You've also got to build a good relationship with them, right? And sure, I, but I'm not sure that has been accomplished. With it's hard to accomplish. Right? Look at look at your team, the Lakers, right? Like oh, LeBron James, LeBron James basically oh, gets no. whatever the hell he wants. Oh no! And they still like had to fire the coach, a, a champion. And I know it was the bubble, but a championship winning head coach. Mm. Like these things are hard. Relationships are difficult. But here's the thing: NFL teams either have to become cutthroat, and I don't think that that's easy to do. I think the Chiefs maybe have a chance to do it, and the Patriots did it for 20 years, mm. right? They can, you either have to be cutthroat and say, look, we don't care, right? We're going to do what's right for the team. And, and that can cause some, you know, issues from a, and, and not everybody in New England was happy, right? They went to New England to win. They didn't go to New England for the puppies and, you know, no, it wasn't duckies, and, duckies and bunnies. But teams now have to compete for their own players. And whether or not teams are willing to do that is going to be an interesting development moving forward. Because Debo Samuel's not the last player that's going to do this. I don't think it's. I don't think it's close. Are you ready for my conspiracy theory? Okay. My conspiracy theory is that the really 
most important piece of information here is not about Debo Samuel, that it is about Trey Lance. Do you that, think Trey Lance sucks? That, that Kyle Shanahan, because I think Kyle Shanahan has something to do with this. Kyle Shanahan said, you know who our quarterback is going to be? It's going to be Trey Lance. And Debo Samuel said, I'm out. I'm sorry. I've seen this guy play. I can't do it with this guy. He doesn't work hard. He doesn't. Yesterday, you know. yesterday in a meeting with with some pretty with some pre, pretty in the know people, we heard a a quote from a pretty yeah. well established. How are you going to say this? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that a, was an incredible quote. Yeah, a pretty well a, a a Hall of Fame player, let's just say, who said that they retired quote because of right. Yeah, and and, and it's and it's it's one of those where the the and and I don't think either player is wrong. I think the a player's good to look out for himself and I think and I think that the veteran players owe, owe, right to want a team, right? Football's a team sport, right? Yeah, like De Debo Samuel's right to say because here's the thing with Debo Samuel. His season last year was he probably looks at that and goes, "What did I rely on? Jimmy G accurately getting me the football yeah. in space." And if he's out there watching Trey Lance not work hard and throw the ball over the field and go, "Shit." Like how many games has, has Trey Lance started in the last 24 months? Is it three? Three games. So if you're Debo Samuel and you're saying this team traded three first round picks and the third overall pick for a guy who's played one FB FCS game for Fargo State and then two games for us. Yes, and you're not going to pay me. And, 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 and I'm playing deal. fucking running back. Yeah. and you're not going to pay me. I'm like getting, I'm playing in the snow against the Packers. I'm in the trenches taking grenades, grenades John. John. Yeah, exactly. Like I, whereas Jimmy G for all his faults and he's got him and he's got one or two, but Jimmy G has played injured for this team. Jimmy G's played he's hard. He's a warrior. I look you, <laughs> like this is the most football discussion we've had ever on the show. And I feel like we're trying to, cause again, the, the coolest thing about football, both college and pro is that the evolution of the game is going to make the things we say two years from now be so much different than things we, things we say today. Our job as we bet this league, our job as we're, we're betting draft props, right? Mm -hmm. Our job when we when we talk about betting, if we give advice, things like that, is to be ahead of the curve. We, we're never wrong. We're just early. We want to be ahead of the curve <laughs> with a lot of these things. And if you if if people are like never wrong, just early. If people are like, oh, Debo should just play for this team, like a you know, like he should just be grateful they even gave him a chance. That's it's ball like, sack. It's ball sack sports. <laughs> and, and like we're trying That's to. That's what we need. We need a ball sack. Uh, who's that quote coming from? Is that Gil Brandt? Gil, I mean. Debo well, Samuel should honor his contract. Gil, if, back in my they day. They put Gil Brandt's teeth away for a couple weeks after. Back in my. This is the quote. This is the, this is the quote. For $4 million, I could have bought an entire state. How dare Debo Samuel not play for that kind of money? This, you know, that that's what the, that's what the quote's going to be. Um. Okay, real quick to tie a bow on this. Who should trade for him and what is a fair offer? You uh, said the Jets. You said the Jets, but the Jets first round picks are in the top ten. Right. I, I would say, I mean, when I did the mock draft simulator with the Jets, so the Jets, by the way, have Yeah, by the way, you can trade players. Four point seven million dollars in no, sorry, yeah, four point seven million dollars in effective cap space. So Part of the reason that that number is so much lower than their actual cap space, which is 17.8, is what? It's because their two picks are four mm -hmm. and 10, mm -hmm. and they got to pay those two guys, yeah. right? One of the interesting things, and I got a, a tweet from um, you know NFL Quant Goat Cade Massey uh, 
because I was talking, you know, I, I said this tweet out saying like, our team's just going to trade back just for the cap savings this mm-hmm. year because none of these players are any good. And yeah. like, would you rather have, you know, Jermaine Johnson making like $6 million less than Kayvon Thibodeau and, and will it mess up all the draft curves? And Cade's like, I've been thinking that for 15 years. It's never happened. So like that, that's a good thought. But like the Jets have 17.8 million in cap space, 4.7 in effective. And the, the reason they have less effective is because the fourth and the 10th pick are oh, not higher. cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, for them, I think, you know, when you look at where the Jets are from a team building standpoint, they have 34 million in effective cap space next year. You would probably have to take pick 10 because the, 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 um, the reports about Tyree Hill were the, the, the trade involving Hill was not going to involve either four or 10. So you'd have to say that Debo Samuel is not going to involve four or 10, but they have like, you know, earlier you know, picks later, you know, in the second round and stuff like that, that they can use. Uh, that one's tricky for me. One that, one that I think is interesting, but they don't really have the money. Like the Falcons with pick eight. You know, Arthur Smith kind of offense. Panthers have a lot of cap space. The Browns have a lot of cap space this year, but not next year with the Deshaun Watson thing. Um, the Colts have a lot of cap space, but they don't have any first round picks. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Chris Ballard is going to want to trade a second in a year where he doesn't have a first. The commanders are another. Uh, the commanders are another team, but they just traded two thirds. They got to pay Terry, and they got to pay Terry McLaurin, and this would be an affront to Terry McLaurin yeah. if they went ahead and got Debo. The Lions again, they're they're taking pick two, and then they got pick thirty two and thirty four. Maybe they can do something with that. But again, are the Lions really ready to compete? Um, and, you no. know that would kind of screw up their rebuild. Can I tell you the one that makes the most sense for me? Go ahead, the Patriots. Yeah. The Patriots make the most sense. I'll tell you two reasons why. The first is the quarterback that they have is, you know, a Jimmy G type quarterback. Uh, No slander to either one of those players. He's on a rookie deal, so he's He's, perfectly fine. He's on a rookie deal. He's an accurate quarterback. He'll get Debo the ball where he needs it on time and accurately. But here's the other thing. You know who I think would incentivize their offense to use Debo Samuel? Would be a guy like Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. And while they have a new, you know, offensive leader, obviously with McDaniel going to Oakland or no, Oakland, Vegas, that to me makes the most sense. They also don't have a, a ton of great offensive weapons. Yeah. They could use someone that is an ace in the hole. Um, they and, have not made a lot of moves this offseason, even yeah. though the rest of the AFC has. And you you have to think that they're in a in a, in, a, in that thought process. Their issue but, is the Patriots have one point eight million dollars in cap space, so. They would have to do some things. Um, you know, you would, you could probably convert some of Matthew Judon, convert some of Hunter Henry. But guys like Hunter Henry, like you don't really want Hunter Henry. Aguilar, for example, he has a nine million base. You could sort of convert some of that. You could do some things to convert stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, the Patriots have done this a few times. They, they, they. Uh, Adelius Thomas was the one in 07 that they right. went ahead and they were like splashy with. Um, they they were splashy with Daryl Revis for one year, and that might be it. Like if Debo Samuel is so unhappy in in San Francisco, but the league because this is an awkward time and there are only like I said ten teams with more than ten million in effect, twelve teams more than ten million in effective cap space. It might he might have to just be like, look, I'm going to go to the Patriots for one year and try to win a Super Bowl, and. Uh, and then after that, we'll figure it out. And the Patriots will say, well, we'll trade him. And then if, if things work out too well, we'll tag him. And then everything like that. I still think the most likely thing is just for them to patch it up 
and and also like and and the, I've been doing a lot of like research on like the cap and and you know 19 like the late 80s early 90s before there was the cap before there was free agency and guys just like back then before they had any of these rules would just hold out all of training camp mm -hmm. and training camp would like start in mid-july there were six preseason games and yeah. then they would you know and guys would just literally not show up till week one and that was how they would show their frustration but they could not move teams now guys can't hold out like right. debo's got to show up or he's gonna get fined and he's not a first round pick so no. he doesn't have he's a ton of four million this year yeah, he doesn't have. I mean, that's a lot of money, but it's not. It's not. Um, to buy like, all of Arkansas. It's not four million. It's not dump uh, forty thousand or however much it is a day to to, yeah. to sit out. So the Niners could just play ball. You know, force him to play ball and say, "Look, uh, you're coming in no matter what." And then we also have the franchise tag, so you know, you know, buckle up. That to me, I think, is the most likely outcome. But we've been wrong before. Like all these other guys have gotten traded, and and. You know, I, I would say the prior was that they were going to keep a lot of those guys. If the Patriots come calling and offer 21, the Niners, I think. Take it. Are taking it. The problem is then, Niners kind of fucked, aren't they? Well, the Niners better hope Brandon Ayuk is good. And look, Jennings played well last year. Um, the other part is, like, think about the Shanahan thing. Like, he treated Ayuk like shit at the beginning of the year last year. Yeah, like, well, Ayuk was a diva. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I no, but I mean, you know, it, it's interesting to think about. It's super interesting. And here's the interesting thing about Shanahan. What does his recent draft history tell you? He thinks he can pick wide receivers because guess who he picked? Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Dante Pettis. Uh, you know, uh, so in a draft where maybe he looks at it and goes with 21, I can get, you know, this guy that I just absolutely love. I don't know who it would be. Um, who's going to be there at 21? Probably not Jamison Williams, that's for sure. Um, you know, so I, I, it's fascinating. I think it's most likely, if I had to bet on it, I think it's most likely he, the Niners figure out he stays there um, because I think it is hard for some of these teams to figure out uh, how to go pay him. And it, to me, it's got to be a team with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, well, that's the only you know? that's the only feasibility. And guess here. who has one? The, the Niners do, uh, so do the Patriots. All right, um, we're going to talk draft props here in a second. But before we do, uh, it is time for you to get your ish together. Go to manscaped.com. Nice. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I was going to swear, but I decided not to. Uh, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. It's your, it's the Devo Samuel of, of uh, grooming kits. Because you can do anything with this thing. You can trim the hair from head to toe and make sure that you look, feel, smell great. Uh, they have the weed whacker. It's a nose and ear hair trimmer. Yes, you do have hair there. I promise you. Um, and it also comes with a ton of uh, other great stuff to make sure that you're feeling good this summer. So go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off. And they're also doing this for the draft uh, because April is uh, draft season. All month, they are honoring Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. So fuck cancer go to manscaped.com use promo code pff get 20 percent off and free shipping all right draft props so we, what how do we go with this because so like we're I mean, we're a week away baby. we're only a week away george I, I know you've been busy have you gotten any anything down on drafts I, props i was excited for you to bring this up because i haven't yet okay this is gonna be we're gonna make i don't some know how much i can help here. you i think i'm gonna be more I mean, I got 11% ROI on the USFL week one, and that was without winning a bet the first day. 
So I like the money, the, 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 the honey floweth over, um, here. Um, so you're, so now you're going to hoard the USFL bets and you're going to give us draft props. I'm going to okay. give you guys the fruit here. Okay. Um, yeah. So like, here are some that I like, just to sort of put, put people in perspective of like sort of what I have and like mm-hmm. where I'm sit where I'm at. And then what ones I wish I had back and like where I I'm thinking okay. now. Okay. I have my favorite bets that I have right now are Aiden Hutchinson plus one twenty seven to be the drafted first overall. Mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter forty to one that's, to be the first. This is the one that I have too. Forty to one <laughs> to be the first quarterback drafted. That's a vacation if 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 Des goes first quarterback. Man. I also have Malik Willis first quarterback at plus one fifty. What, what was Willis when we when we did plus one fifty? He was still plus one fifty yeah. when we did Ritter. Uh, okay. uh, Pickett was like plus one twenty. He was the favorite. I have Evan Neal over. What's th- Pickett now? Minus. Uh, depends. I, I've I, seen I it see like one, plus one plus one sixty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's come down a little bit. That's I, an interesting one. Yeah, I to would, hedge. I would think about betting that because if Carolina, if, if Detroit doesn't take Willis at two, Carolina's going to do something weird. I think Carolina though is more likely to trade or like take a tackle mm. and and build around Darnold. The problem is, is like if you're Matt Rule. And you look and you say, okay, I have one draft pick in the first three rounds. Yeah. It's not you're not going to save your ass with a quarterback in True. that case. So you're either going to trade back and try to build around a quarterback, or um, yeah, one of the later guys like Ritter or Corral or or Howell or even Pickett. Um, but if you if you take the guy right away, especially a guy like Pickett, who I think is like he's like a Mac Jones. He needs to be on a good team. Yep. Um, I think he's like all of them. They need to be on a good team at first. Um, then it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm fading that. So I here's a couple other. I have Evan Neal over three and a half draft position. That's like minus 135. That's expensive yeah. now. I think it's four and a half or so. The one that I'm, I got Kyle Hamilton over six and a half at plus 111. Jamison Williams five to one to be the first wide receiver taken. And under seven and a half offensive linemen, I have at minus 120. I even made a TikTok about that one. Wow. Um, the bets I wish I had back, and these are ones where I got swept up in it. This is humble of you, by the way. Swept up in it. I have Evan Neal first overall pick at, at nine to one, but then I also got him at some two to one, thinking I was really smart on the way wow. down. I also got, and this is again me getting swept up, me trying to hedge. I have some Iki Aquanu first wow. overall at plus one sixty three. So I'm probably going to lose money on the first overall pick just because I I do have Hutchinson and I do have some Walker now. I'm not proud of it, but. So I'm going to lose some, and I'm going to gain. I'm at least going to get some back. Um, those are ones I I finally made my first bet on Sauce Gardner today. I took him a little bit to be third overall oh. at about plus two fifty. I do think really? Houston's in play there. I never wow. saw it. I never saw, but Gardner went from prop seven and a half, yeah, where he's been most of this time, to five and a half today. And I and I think Houston's one of the places where people are like, he might go there. Giants are another one. Yeah, I think the Giants are. You know what's interesting when you say that? I we haven't talked about Houston and what Houston will do. I be, well, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But why would they take Malik Willis? No, Houston is bought in on on. And we could be wrong. We but could be Houston, wrong. Houston's bought in on on Davis Mills. You know what that's what that that's saying. You know what? I'm bought in on this uh, Honda Accord. Oh well, here's here's a check for five hundred k. Yeah, but they're they're you still bought in on. I it? mean, they had the mods. They had the mod- actually. Let me. That's disrespectful. The Honda Accord. Davis Mills not Honda Accord. 
by the way, this is like what I do, right? I compare people to yeah, inanimate yeah. objects. What kind of a car is he? Well, you don't even own a car, so this is dicey. Yeah, this is true. I'm smart. <laughs> smart like that. He's a, uh, oh, man. He's what's like a the, Ford Taurus. What's the right car? Ford Taurus is good. Yeah. You know, here's the tough thing about Davis Mills, if you're comparing him to a car, because it ain't a car that came out in 2022. It's like a 2010 Ford Taurus. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a Toyota, you know, because Toyotas are a good car, but like some of the older ones, like there's some Corollas that really don't look too pleasant. Anyways. Like Adam Corolla. Um, okay. <laughs> so the, uh, okay. So I wanted to get your opinion on a few yeah. of these because I know you've been kind of, um, you know, you know, ear to the ground still. Ear to the ground. Yeah. First overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, our guy, PFF, uh, Hutch. Uh, go in and watch on YouTube or listen. Yeah, did you on, know that he was on a podcast? List? I, I, I didn't. Just found out. I just found out. <laughs> just found out. By the um, way, the tailgate guys, if you don't listen to the tailgate podcast, I'm sure most of you do because you should. He's great. They have a, they're sponsored by Miller Lite now. Yeah. they. Austin was telling me it was like 250 cans that got sent to their apartment, which yeah. is like a weekend There's for somewhere. Renner. Right. A, a weekend. Renner's trying to lose weight though. So not a, this is not good news for him. Interesting. What would you, what, alcohol would we want to be sponsored by uh good question um because miller light kind of works for both Austin woodford and yeah it, well, it's definitely a hard alcohol woodford i could do some woodford i mean i don't drink whiskey yeah. and i'm tequila only at this point yeah i but, mean for you it's um, but if i do get an old-fashioned woodford is the way to go yeah and yeah. you drink tequila yeah i, I drink tequila with you <laughs> yeah uh so maybe both yeah I don't Classe Azul. I don't think does a whole lot of no, 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 no. <laughs> a whole lot of podcast sponsorships. I was I was trying to think of of that of that. Okay, okay. So, so Hutchinson is minus two hundred yep. to be first. Trayvon Walker plus one ninety. Yep. The the Trayvon Walker move from two to one to plus one ninety is at the expense of other players who are becoming less and less likely. I think it's boiled down to these two guys. Do you see? Any value on I, laying the price with Walker or, or sorry, laying the price with, with, Hutchinson. with Hutchinson or taking uh, a, a price, a plus price with Walker? I, I, I will take the plus price with Walker. And here's not because this is what I would do, but I have two interesting data points for you. The first is Peter Schrager's mock where he had Trayvon Walker number one. Mm -hmm. Now you could look at that and go, oh, they're trying to get some clicks and this is different and all that. Yes, but I don't think that's how Schrager rolls. Schrager is someone that, you know, you go to the combine, Peter Schrager's having dinner with, you know, Brent mm -hmm. Beach and Andy Reid. So, like, this guy is is extremely well-connected. I'll be interested to see who uh, Evan Silva puts in, in that spot. He had Walker in his first draft. The, the so, here's the thing. So, if that – so, here's what I'll say. If Evan Silva comes out and has Walker number one, this line's moving. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Yeah, I think that the issue is is – a Peter Schrager's mocks have not really moved the markets at all. Mm -hmm. um, at least at the top, I, I have to look across the whole thing. Yeah. Evans do, but Evan already tweeted out the one with Trayvon Walker and right. moved it like a hundred cent, you know, a, a, a dollar basically. So I, I, I think more, I have one more data point though for you. Okay, and that's the boss Chris Collinsworth. Oh, who loves Trayvon Walker? Has watched Trayvon Walker now, right? And so like. And, and it was funny because so um, we were talking about this in the Sorry, office. Sorry, Chris, the I, I love you to death, but geez. So um, 
uh, Fred Gudeli, who's a friend of ours on the podcast, has come on the podcast. We need to get him back on here, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's now going to be the executive producer of Thursday Night Football uh, with Al Michaels on Amazon. But he comes in, you know, once a year to hang out and loves to talk about the draft in large part because he's a Giants fan and he's tortured. And he was asking, uh, you know, Chris and and us about uh, Trayvon Walker. And he was like, "Yeah, but Trayvon Walker has done he doesn't done anything." And Kirk Herbstreit's in here too, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. Like I did all these games, and you know." And Chris is like, "No, but this guy is special, man." <laughs> and it was so funny, oh. and uh, we were going back and forth about it. And um, but you know, I'll say this: that Chris has a, you know, has a good. He talks to. Every head coach, every coordinator, every GM, yeah. every owner, every year, and so I think that's a that's a valid. Um, he's data certainly point. not an idiot, and and you know, so he could save there. Yeah, yeah, he's certainly not. So, um, so I'll take those at two to one. Okay, I, I belabored the first pick. Give me another one. Okay. Um, all right. So let me let me find another uh, you know, one that you know. Let's, let's do two time. more. Let's do yeah. Two more. Okay. All right. So. Here we go. Sixth overall pick. Pickett plus 175. Mm-hmm. Neil four to one. Cross four to one. Willis four to one. Mm. Those are the top ones. There's others. But. I don't know. I can't believe that I that you know, I think it's gonna be Pickett. Oh man. You know it's crazy. I forgot you tweeted this out, but Pickett is like barely younger than Sam Darnold. Dude, it's bad. Like pick it. Yeah. It's really funny. Um I think what I would do here, honestly, is um I think what I would do is I would bet Willis four to one, thinking that the the Panthers are gonna trade out of it or yes. you know, or potentially get spooked. I think you've got a couple of outs there where I, I think the consensus around Willis being better than Pickett makes it hard for the Panthers to take Pickett there and save face if he's not good. So I could see them trading out of it. So I'll go Willis four to one. Yeah. Pickett is, is going to be viewed as the safe pick of, of him and Willis. And in which the is, case of rule, is, you like is hilarious in the case of rule, you really don't have that. Um, cool. Um, okay. And then the last two, yeah. which are, are the, and I, the, these are from this morning. Malik Willis draft position ten and a half minus one fifteen to both sides. Kenny Pickett. This is the interesting one, and I, I want to mm-hmm. talk about this. Kenny Pickett twelve and a half minus one twenty to the over minus one ten to the under. So like this is very like this shows the spikiness of this mm-hmm. distribution, which I think. Well, tell me what you think, and I'll tell you what I think. I think under on Willis. Um. I just think you have a bunch of outs there. Teams have traded up. Um, you have the Lions there at two. We just talked about the Texans. I think the Panthers. You know, if they're going to not take a court, if you know, if they're going to take a quarterback, I think they trade down. So I go under on Willis. I go. I guess I go over on Pickett. I don't know that there are that many teams that actually like Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I could see like three quarterbacks going ahead of him. Yeah. So so here's what I so once plus 175. Now, the these markets have a ton of what I would you know, a ton of hold. you know, hold. So, but at 170 at, at literally at plus 175, 
you know, there is a 36% break even. Basically, that picket will go at pick six, right? Mm-hmm. So take take a decent amount of that theoretical, mm-hmm. just say, th- th- you know, 30%. Sure. Then over 12 and a half at minus 120, let's just round down and say 50% over. It's a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So of the 50% that he goes pick, what it, and let's assume that he can't get pick, pick one through five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight, nine, 10, and 11 are a combined 20%. Right? Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? Because we've if we've seen anything, Mm-hmm. All of these drafts, there are trades everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. We see, like, in my so you opinion, think it makes sense to go under. I don't. I just think sixth overall pick plus one seventy five is an uh, an enormous. I, I think it's an awful price. You know what I mean? I, I, well, I agree with that. Yeah, like I think that that's terrible, and I think it's it's because the markets and I, and look, I might be as guilty of these as all because I I wrote the market mock with Ben Brown and and we sort of like put players at different spots because of teams and stuff, but. The market, especially this year, I think draft pick fluidity is going to be so much higher because of trades and things like that where the markets are really saying Pickett has like a th- – even round down further, a 25% chance of going at pick – specifically pick six. And and pick 13 or more is 50%. I mean my – And so 25% goes – so you're basically saying like a less than 5% chance basically to yes, all the picks in between. Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say about that. I don't believe that anyone, you know, half the thing of the draft, I think, is not wanting to look like an idiot. Yes. <laughs> and there there are just many more people that appear to be out on him. You're hearing good things about Matt Corral, good things about Desmond Ritter, mm-hmm. um, good things about um, maybe to a lesser degree Sam Howell, um, and obviously Malik Willis. I just think it's a total crapshoot for a team, and so they're going to be reticent to give up, you know, capital to quote get a guy yeah whereas in other years they would so you know i think what that's really saying is look there's a lot of belief that it's panthers or nothing which which was i mean if you think about it the mac jones thing what you know if if we're talking at this time last year mac jones was for pick three something like minus 200 right so and, and but his but his prop was you know still like five it was well it was three and a half but like, you know, let's take an average of all of his props over the course of the time. It was probably like nine and a half, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes fifteen. It was Niners or nothing. So maybe there, maybe I'm a little bit being too harsh here. But the problem is, like at pick three, it was we had no uncertain, almost no uncertainty with pick one and two. Right. Pick six, you have tons of uncertainty. I think like Sauce Gardner could be a trade up uh, possibility given how strong of a favorite he is. Uh, Charles Cross. That that could be like the get. Hey, I need to get my tackle before anybody else does because there's a huge drop off. I think in most people's belief mm-hmm. between Trevor Penning, a FCS player, and Charles Cross, an SEC player. Um, I think there's a lot. I think pick six is a pivot point in many ways, and I think we're we're putting a lot of that probability squarely on Pickett, which I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. No, I, I think those are all really good points. Um, before we get out of here. We are going to um, send out a little survey to all of our, all the syndicate. Mm-hmm. Syndicate survey is what it is. And uh, the reason we're doing that is because we are already thinking about next season. Um, we want to find out, um, we want to hear from you and start making the podcast even better. 
uh, for this upcoming season. Really make sure that we're giving you the best product humanly possible. It'll take like three minutes. Um, a lot of you were very good with giving us um, thoughts and comments and replies on Twitter and stuff like that, but this will help us really get some data and make the show better for you. So um, we'll tweet it out with the podcast um, and uh, we hope that you fill it out. And that's our show. We love you. We'll see you on Sunday. Peace. In the dark you shine.